0: So according to Google's search results, Google seems to think that I'm the world's number one authority on copywriting royalties. So one way that you can figure out what Google prioritizes is you log out or you open an incognito window and you do a search for a keyword. Now it's still going to be catered to you based on your geographic location, etc but at least it's not going to be skewed by what you've clicked on in the past. So I did a search in an incognito window for copywriting royalties, and I knew that I had had some resources showing up, going all the way back to articles that I'd written for AWAI, uh, even like as I was starting my freelance copywriting career. I I knew that I'd had some resources appearing on the front page of Google, but I I did a count of all the links that take you to my content on copywriting royalties from just page one of the Google search results. And there were 13 separate links that take you to information from me on getting copywriting royalties. So it's no surprise that I got today's question in my inbox. Now, it's, it's Mailbox Monday, which is the day every week where I dedicate my episode to answering your questions about copywriting, marketing, business building, and more. And if you'd like to have your question answered in an upcoming episode, look for the link in the description that says, Ask Roy Your Question. That'll take you to the submission page for your questions, which is at BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com ask and you can submit your question for it to be answered in an upcoming episode. So today's question is, I'd like to know more about the nuts and bolts of collecting royalty payments, please. Things such as how to decipher what sales would the clients have made anyway versus the ones your sales copy has helped bring in, whether the percentage payment should have a deadline or if it goes on forever, what the contract should specify, where to get a sample contract, etc. Thanks for your help. So that's what we're going to be answering. Uh, Don't forget to like and subscribe so you get more content like this delivered to you in the future. With that, let's dive into today's episode. These are the proven direct response, marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. All right, so uh, today's episode, as usual, is sponsored by me. Uh, Among those 13 links that you find on Google when you search for copywriting royalties, one of them is to what I consider to be the single best resource for copywriting royalties and pay for performance type agreements, which is my training titled Copywriting Royalties and Pay for Performance. Surprise, surprise, right? Um, So that training goes in depth on everything that this person is asking and more uh, far beyond what can be covered in a a single episode like this. So if you are truly serious about collecting royalties, I have made, uh, I don't even know how much money in royalties over the course of my copywriting career. Uh, but you can get access to my complete training on that for just your first month's fee to join BTMS Insiders. The link is in the description to copywriting royalties and pay for performance. It's part of the training library at BTMS Insiders, which is like Netflix for copywriting and marketing training. Pay one low monthly fee, get access to everything, again, including that training. (laughs) So let's talk about the nuts and bolts of copywriting royalties as our our, uh, question asker. Asked. So I'm going to repeat the question here, and it's broken down into a lot of pieces. So I'm, I'm going to make sure to break out my answers to each of those elements. So the question was, I'd like to know more about the nuts and bolts of collecting royalty payments, please. Things such as how to decipher what sales would clients have made anyway versus the ones your sales copies help bring in, whether the percentage payment should have a deadline or if it goes on forever, what the contract should specify, where to get a sample contract, etc. Thanks for your help. Uh, so I'm going to break all of that down. Uh, With just the reminder that, you know, I I can only go so deep in a single episode and I'm honestly not going to give away everything here, but I'll still deliver a ton of value in response to those specific questions asked. But I'm going to I'm going to back up for just a minute and I'm going to share with you my number one piece of advice for copywriters who want royalties. Number one piece of advice for you if you want to get paid copywriting royalties is to find great clients. Find great clients. There's so many headaches that are avoided or worked out because you find, pursue, choose great clients to work with uh, that if you don't have great clients, you just won't be able to avoid headaches. So All of these questions, all of these potential challenges, all of these fears about royalties that are inherent in this question and so many other questions about royalties are, are um, unconquerable if you're working with terrible clients. If you're working with terrible clients, you know, you're not going to get the royalties that you earn and it's going to be a headache. But if you work with great clients, they will figure out how to make sure that you get paid what you have earned from them. Now, specific to royalties, there is one big thing that I've run into tied to all of this. Part of what makes a client great when it comes to earning royalties as a copywriter is that they have a system already in place for paying royalties, and in fact, they've paid royalties before. The the one exception that I've had, even with a client that was eager to pay me royalties the one exception that I've had with just being able to get royalties in a effortless way from my side. I mean, at, at this point, it's like they send me reports and checks and all great clients do this. They send you a report and a check and you don't even have to think about it. The The client that I can think of that is the big exception to that is the one that, you know, he was he had the right mindset, but... He did not have a great system in place and so aside from like when we were really actively generating a ton of sales for uh, one product over the course of a couple months um, and he was just like, yeah, let me send you this money because we are just rolling in the dough. Um, When like other stuff came up that that earned me royalties through time, it was always, uh, you know, his attention went elsewhere, even though he was still making money from my copy and it was a headache to try and get the money from him. It was like, hey, isn't it time for another royalties payment? Oh, yeah, yeah, let me get to that. Oh, isn't it time? Yeah, let me get to that. Versus the the clients that have like, it's part of their accounting department's process that they're paying royalties on a monthly basis, for example, then it's just like, here's a check and here's here's the report for what that check is for, et cetera. So um, with all of that said, which sales count towards copywriting royalties. So the part of the question that I'm answering here is how to decipher what sales would clients have made anyway versus the ones your sales copy has helped bring in. And even like in my, in my book, The Copywriter's Guide to Getting Paid, I'll include that link in the description too. Um, I talk about the, the difference between copywriting that's close to the sale versus far from the sale. So um, for example, close to the sale copywriting is, is like a funnel. And what happens is the person sends traffic into this funnel. Maybe it's from an email. Maybe it's from, um, you know, some advertising campaign, whatever. They send traffic into this funnel and that funnel takes the person from like engaging with the message all the way through to they put their credit card in and gave the merchant money, right? That is close to the sale copywriting because it's actually driving revenue. It's like money is coming in the door. Far from the sale copywriting is something like a blog post. Now, that blog post may attract a ton of traffic and that traffic may go on and uh, go to a product or go into a funnel or whatever and convert. And that traffic may actually provide value for the client. But because that blog post is not directly, directly generating the revenue in the way that a funnel that actually includes like everything through the cart copy order form, all that stuff. Because that blog post is not directly generating the revenue, it's much harder to get any kind of pay for performance or royalty arrangement around that. Much harder. Um, And so if, like traditionally, direct response copywriters that have earned royalties have earned it for things like a sales letter, an order form that goes out in the mail and people fill out the order form and stick it in the reply envelope and send it in. Well, it's really easy for the merchant to track that, right? So it's really easy for the merchant to say that copy generated the sale. Or online, you know, a funnel or even like before funnels, it was sales letter and order form. As a copywriter, if I wrote the sales letter and the order form and probably the emails that drove traffic into the sales letter or the ads that drove traffic into the sales letter, then it's really easy to say, yes, like I generated that revenue versus, uh, well, actually, I'll I'll give you a good example. I worked with a client um, on a campaign and we were selling this physical product, right? And he had more of an e-commerce store set up for the physical product, but we also sold this physical product through the website and drove sales uh, over the phone, et cetera. And we sent out a, a specific sales message that I had written where people would place an order based on going through this sales message. And that was like obviously those sales were attributed to me, versus somebody could have seen that sales message and gone to their e-commerce site, but I didn't push hard for like getting credit for those sales. Likewise, if I write, let's say the front end a uh, video sales letter or marketing message that drives a a front end purchase meaning the first purchase that someone makes in a funnel but the client writes upsell copy I'm not going to claim credit for the upsell copy I'm only going to claim credit for the copy that that drives the specific revenue or or I'm not going to claim credit for the revenue generated by the upsell copy I'm going to claim credit for the revenue that's generated by the the front end copy that I wrote so again it's all about close to the sale and it's about the stuff that is directly attributable the actions that are taken directly because somebody basically followed your call to action in your copy now there is a little bit of gray area that i've seen Um, especially in the context of like email marketing, somebody who takes over email marketing for an e-commerce brand. And the gray area could be that the emails end up selling a lot of the products, but it's still being uh, purchased by someone going to like a product description on the e-commerce site and, and placing the order there. And okay, so maybe there's a little bit of a gray area there where somebody could earn pay for performance or royalties payments based on that, based on sales generated. But typically what's gonna happen is there's still gonna be some level of attribution back to the specific emails that were written, and they're gonna get credit based on that attribution. Now, one important thing worth noting, all in the context of of this question, like what sales clients would have made anyway versus one year sales copy help bring in, the fact that you're only getting a small percentage of sales does typically account for some of this. It's, and it can vary based on the agreement, based on the type of copyright, etc. et cetera. But let's say you're getting like a 5% royalty. Well, that still means that 95% of the revenue is going to the merchant. And if that merchant launched that same product or service through somebody else, uh, or you know, using somebody else's copy or whatever, or using their own copy, right? Like they're still gonna get some amount of revenue, right? And that 95% definitely accounts for a lot of that. So your, your 5% is actually a small percentage of the total revenue. That other money has to pay for operations and all that stuff too, but um, it, it is still like, you know, a, a very small percentage. Now, I, I do like in the context of this. I wanna give maybe a a rather extreme example, but Jay Abraham was well known for a while for going to a business and figuring out if the business did not have any kind of uh, marketing that they did to their past customers. Actually getting an agreement with the business owner and saying, hey, I will on my dime I will go to your past customer base and I will send out marketing to them and I will make an offer for your high ticket products, your service And, um, and what I would like is an agreement from you that for every dollar that we bring in, I would like one quarter of that dollar. For every dollar in additional uh, maybe it would be revenue, maybe it would be margin over cost of goods sold, maybe it would be profits, whatever, right? But one of the important things that allowed Jay to get that 25% is basically all that those people were doing was giving Jay their customer list. And Jay was paying for the marketing, Jay was paying for any kind of follow-up, Jay was paying for for lots of the different elements of actually driving those sales, and so he got a huge percentage versus something that may be like, uh, a modern copywriter that goes to a similar client and says, Could I write a back end promotion for you? Meaning, can I write a promotion for your previous customer base that may only get like of sales, because what's gonna happen is um, that copywriter is going to hand off the copy to the client, the client is gonna be in charge of production and getting that copy actually out into the market. The client's probably going to send out that, like be in charge of sending out that marketing to their customer base, et cetera, so all that the copywriter is doing is just writing the message, right? And that's still substantial work, but that copywriter may only get 2% versus Jay investing in a big direct mail campaign in order to to mail and, and generate sales. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the big idea behind how to decipher what sales would clients have made anyway versus the ones your sales copy has helped to bring in, if you specifically set up a process that gets somebody to engage with the marketing message all the way up to the point of purchase, well, that's pretty easy to track. Uh, for example, they submit your order form um, versus something much more generic like what they would have brought in anyway. And it's gonna be much harder for those, those the more generic copy or the copy that doesn't directly drive revenue to uh, to justify the copywriter earning royalties on them. So how long can copywriting royalties keep paying out? Uh, the the part of the question that's ref- relevant to that is whether the percentage payment should have a deadline or if it goes on forever. Um, well, Part of this is the way that you think of it, and I've had clients try to argue me into shorter time periods, but my fundamental belief about this is that when I'm creating marketing for you, I am creating an income generating asset. And so as long as it continues generating income, you should continue paying me for that asset based on the agreement. Uh, And so my general rule is I'm signing a royalty agreement that that establishes that as long as you continue using the copy, you're going to continue to pay me. Now that hasn't been the case 100% of the time, but it's been the case pretty much every time. Um, sometimes sometimes if a client is a little bit uncomfortable with that, copywriters will offer a buyout period. So for example, the client can decide within six months that um, that the copy that they wanna do a buyout of future royalties, and the agreement might be that you take the six months figure and multiply it by five to give the equivalent of um, three total years. So the first six months plus plus this multiple, this five times multiple is the buyout amount. So it's the first six months of sales plus the assuming everything were the same going forward next two and a half years. And the copywriter may ask for that as a buyout, so that could be an option if clients don't want to pay forever. Um, I, I in my previous agreement, it was for a retainer deal, and at first, wh- what they brought me was the moment you stop doing work for us, you know, you will, we won't do, uh, we won't pay you any more royalties. And I said, no, that's not quite how that's going to work. Um, yeah what we'll do is we can figure out some period of time, I would prefer forever, and what we came back around to was something like three years or something. Um, That three years after I stopped doing any work for them, any royalties that were still being paid at that point would expire. Uh, The reality is in today's market, maybe with some direct mail campaigns or offline campaigns, they are, they're lasting beyond three years, but marketing fatigues fairly quickly, especially online. And the reality is that in in many cases, royalties are going to start to dwindle uh, pretty quickly between twelve months and thirty six months. Um, and so, a three year royalty agreement would be functionally almost identical to an infinite royalty agreement, um, just in the context of how quickly marketing fatigues online. But you know. I guess that's neither here nor there in general. My, my rule is, hey, I'm creating an income generating asset. So as long as that continues generating an income for you, it should generate income for me as well. Uh, specific to the question about contracts for copywriting royalties, uh, what, was, what was asked there was what the contract should specify and where to get a sample contract, et cetera. And uh, first off, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a contracts lawyer. I'm not a lawyer in any way. I haven't gone through law school. I haven't passed a bar exam. And I'm not gonna share with you sample contracts. Uh, the closest thing that I do offer is the is a bonus training that is with that Copywriting Royalties and Pay for Performance. That is a discussion I went through of contract clauses common among all my clients, uh, plus a Q&A. And some of that talked about royalties and some of that talked about all the other Copywriting Contracts clauses. Uh, What I'll say is that it is very similar to entertainment law where a performer will get paid a percentage of the revenue generated, for example, being in a movie. Um, And so lawyers who understand entertainment law would understand how to structure a, a copywriting royalties contract But it's also well established in the direct response copywriting circles. Most clients who do pay royalties already have contracts that have been vetted by their legal team and that have gone through a few rounds of back and forth with smart copywriters. And so if you're able to get one of those clients, then you can get your hands on one of those contracts. And that's where I started and adapt from that. Um, In general, if we were going to write out a plain language agreement, I would want it to explain like here's what the fee is, here's what the royalties are right so there's the fee plus the royalties how you actually calculate the royalties what's that what's that based on so like conditions for something to count are we going to count revenue are we going to count net revenue are we going to count net profit i go into more details on that in my royalties training but those are different numbers and it's important to capture the right one because one of those could mean that you get paid zero royalties and one of them could mean that you're getting paid uh, a lot of royalties in a way that the client would end up hating you for. Um, so you have to figure out where the sweet spot is. Also, you wanna know what the payment schedule is. Are they gonna pay you uh, you know, monthly, yearly, annually? Or are they gonna pay you seven days after the sales are generated? What, right, so what's the payment schedule? And um, one more note with regards to contracts is specific to international tax law and U.S. tax law. The way that we use copywriting, that we use royalties in the copywriting world, uh, the term royalties is different than how it's actually considered in uh, international tax law. Um, so, even though most of my contracts have, for with U.S. clients, being a U.S. service provider, have called it royalties, it's not actually a royalty in the way that, for example, a book author or an inventor might get paid a royalty. The and, and that's how tax law, especially, is structured. Uh, so when I've worked with copywriters overseas, it's been important to differentiate a performance bonus, which is what this works out to in terms of international tax law versus a royalties, uh, because those are taxed differently. A-, a royalties is somebody's use of your owned int- intellectual property um, where uh, where they're paying you a percentage of revenue generated for that. And because most of my work and most work in the copywriting world is done as work for hire where you're actually transferring copyright ownership, Um, and because they're paying you a percentage of sales of a different product versus a percentage of sales of, for example, the book you wrote, uh, it doesn't actually work as a royalty in international tax law. Um, And so you would call it a performance bonus or a sales commission or something like that. Um, and so that can be important when it comes time to writing contracts, uh, but you know it's at this point a diversion to talk any more about it. I would recommend if you do wanna go much deeper into this topic, I mean, I've already covered 22 minutes on it, if you wanna go much deeper into this topic, check out my training at BTMS Insiders. It's copywriting royalties and pay for performance. Uh, also my book, The Copywriter's Guide to Getting Paid is where I mentioned that close to the sale versus far from the sale, and if you're just interested in the business side of copywriting, it's a great read. Also, if you have a question that you'd like to have answered, check that link in the description as well. All of that is available to you by browsing the description for the appropriate links. I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Every day in every episode, I'm here trying to help you increase your marketing genius. And hey, when, when you start getting royalty checks as a copywriter, you're going to feel like a genius. <laughs> uh, so with that, let's sign off. I will catch you again in the next episode.